Have you wondered what it takes to succeed in the forex market? What are some of the careers you can explore in this space? Hang in there and that's exactly what we'll cover in this episode of the Zista Podcast. Welcome to the Zista Podcast, where we invite people from the industry and academia to answer questions that students have within a specific subject area. Today, we're going to be going deeper into the Forex market and joining me today is Himanshu Singhal. Let me start with a small introduction. Himanshu has completed his postgraduate in management. He specializes in finance and treasury. He did a course from ACTM UK and he's actually been part of the founding team at Kotak Mahindra Bank uh, for the treasury function. He spent 19 years at Kotak. I think you know he joined as a trainee and worked his way up all the way to an executive vice president. And he's actually donned several hats. He's worked in almost every aspect of the treasury domain. Everything from ops, technology, process, systems, and of course, sales as well. He's he set up the derivatives back office. And, you know, uh, he's been really played a key role in promoting all their foreign exchange products and, you know, working on their digital trading platforms. In the year 2022, Himanshu took a leap of faith and became an entrepreneur. And what he's only trying to do is to democratize the access to real estate investing by setting up a platform, you know, for people to invest in global real estate. So thank you for joining me today, Himanshu. Really delighted to have you on this show. Thank you, Amit. It's been a pleasure uh, to talk to you and uh, looking forward to an insightful uh, discussion. Absolutely. And, you know, I think students are going to be enjoying what they're going to be hearing from you. You're actually a subject matter expert when it comes to Forex. And, uh, you know, we're really happy to get your time uh, and, you know, uh, to come on this podcast. So thanks for that. So let's jump straight into it. Right. So a lot of people are wondering about the careers that are there in the Forex market and, you know, what they can do to succeed. But let me start with something more basic by asking you, how does Forex trading work? So uh, before even uh, we delve into forex, what is forex trading, let us right. try to quickly understand uh, where does forex trading, forex market fit in in the banking right. system. Right. Uh, now, now, as a bank, uh, let us say if you were to start a bank today, uh, 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 the owners of the bank will, the owners of the bank will pool in uh, hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand rupees uh, in this context. Sure. All of this money is let us say coming from the owners of the bank. Right. Now, uh, you as a corporation walk into the bank and say, I need money. Right. And uh, keeping the guidance of regulatory requirements, a uh, bank will be able to lend you, let's say, 80,000 uh, 80, rupees. Okay. Now, then you walk up to the bank and say, see, I need 80,000 rupees, fine, but I need 50,000 rupees and I need 30,000 rupees in dollar terms. Got it. Okay. Now, this is where the bank's forex treasury steps in. Right. So banks for its treasury will go and borrow dollars equivalent to 30,000 rupees. Okay. So this function is called balance sheet management. All right. Okay. And then comes a situation where uh, uh, you will say, uh, see, I have borrowed money from you. My business is increasing and uh, I need to import some stuff from the US. And can you help me uh, purchase these dollars? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is when the bank's uh, forex sales team steps in. Okay. Okay. 
uh, I was part of the Forex sales team for a good part of my career. And uh, so I will talk to you. I will understand what is your requirement. When do you want to purchase dollars? What is the amount? Right. right. I will go and purchase the dollars. Sure. Okay. On your behalf. And remit those dollars as per your instructions to a relevant corporation in the US. Got for it. your purchase of laptops or whatever systems, right? Now, when I have to go and purchase dollars, um, I can purchase dollars from a forex trading team, which is okay. called the Interbank. Okay. Okay. So, uh, to summarize this part of it, there are three teams. One is a balance sheet management team, which manages the borrowings of the bank. Sure. In foreign currency. Second team is the Forex sales team, which manages the uh, the advisory and sales to a corporation like yours, like Zesta Education, for example. Sure. And uh, uh, and all of the uh, all of the execution of Forex happens at my desk in support with the Forex trading desk. Okay. All right. Now, this is the broad three, three broad functions. Now, let me dimension and put up a layer uh, again on this on the three of these functions. The forex balance sheet management team does not interact with the outsiders. Okay, they only it's an internal function. Got it. Internal function. Forex sales team talks to internal functions as well as external people, which is the corporation individuals. Absolutely. And interbank trading team. Talks to internal customers only. Okay. So uh, the reason I brought this layer is to under to help understand the uh, 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 people that uh, what are the skill sets inherently required for these these separate functions. It will be great if you can cover that. You know, because I was going to ask you about that, and you know, the way you yeah. started this, I would love for you to just continue and uh, explain that. Sure. So uh, the. The primary skill set required for a balance sheet management unit is uh, to be able to understand how bank balance sheet work. Right. Okay. Um, uh, how international markets are working with respect to the borrowing situations. Okay. Okay. In the current scenario, if I if I were to uh, combine it with the current scenario of interest rates being hiked across all, the, all over the world, um, it is very, very important for that resource, for that person who's working in balance sheet management unit, to be able to understand how interest rates are affecting the currency, mm -hmm. okay, and the risks involved therein, in terms of let us say, uh, if I were to borrow from a U.S. bank, okay, right. there is a possibility that U.S. U.S. bank has a limited risk limit on us. Basically, the yeah. what is the amount of uh, uh, borrowing, the amount of lending they can give? The maximum exposure they can take to you. Maximum exposure, yes. Uh, second is there are situations when we are uh, surplus with dollar funds and we have to give a deposit. Uh, it is also important for the same team to understand uh, what are the maximum exposure we can take on the bank. Right. Now, interestingly, these exposures actually start from the country limit. Mm -hmm. What is the maximum exposure as a country we can take it then on a particular country, then the maximum exposure on a particular bank, uh, so on and so forth. Um, so, uh, in this role, uh, the knowledge of various forex uh, borrowing products, the knowledge of how trade finance works. Now, uh, trade finance, uh, let me give an example of a trade finance. Um, again, going back to the example of this education, looking to purchase some stuff from the US. 
and, oh. and uh, but uh, uh, this stuff is that I don't have money and uh, I, I need to uh, have some trade finance support. Okay. So there are products where you do not do a borrowing just for anything. You do a borrowing specific to a requirement. Got it. Now, um, so where the transaction will be, Zista will uh, finalize their talks from Dell. Uh, Kotak Mahindra Bank uh, will approach Dell's bank and say and inform them that uh, we are good to give credit of $100,000 to uh, Zista Education. So basis that the confirmation Dell basically supplies the uh, the, the the laptops to you, Got and it. this is the, the the product name is called letter of credit. Right. Okay. So uh, so technically in this transaction, Kotak Mahindra Bank has taken a risk of hundred thousand dollars on you, right, and a risk of the currency movement also. Obviously, right. Uh, uh, so this is a trade finance support. Okay. So a knowledge of knowledge of how trade finance works in international markets, how balance sheets work, is is the ultimate uh, platform on which any person will work on this. Okay. Um, uh, more often than not, Treasury, uh, uh, I, I've seen lately, started hiring uh, freshers also and grooming them in, in the zones. I'll talk, I'll talk more about uh, this in the forex sales part of the discussion. Um, yeah. So the first one is we, we discuss a balance sheet management tool where what are the skills that's required. It is internal sure. function to summarize and uh, knowledge of financial uh, statements, uh, financial markets, global markets is really important. Okay. Any 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 uh, questions you have? No, no, it, it makes sense. And uh, I would say that in that entire mix, there would also be, you know, you need to have a good knowledge of economics, you know, because you have a lot of that also at play. Uh, so I would think it's a multifaceted, uh, uh, you know, you need to have knowledge on multiple subjects, right? And uh, constantly stay abreast uh, of different developments that are happening. So I think that's really interesting. But please carry on, Imanshu. You were moving on to uh, the next role where you were looking at uh, talking about the skills in that space. So please carry on. Sure. So the second one is a forex sales role. Right. Okay, now forex sales role uh, is sits beautifully between the function uh, of the balance sheet management, um, the forex trading, and the corporation. Now, this is, uh, and I have spent bulk of my career here uh, uh, in terms of uh, interacting with the outside stakeholders, internal stakeholders. Right. Okay. Now, I'll talk a lot about this in much detail. Now, um, uh, as I started the bank, uh, started on a particular day, the owners used in uh, 1 lakh rupees. Um, uh, Zista Education is one of the corporations, uh, one of the customers to this bank. And uh, now Zista Education's all and every requirement is handled by a, uh, a team which is called Corporate Banker. Absolutely. This team will look at your bank account opening, this team will look at your uh, borrowing requirements in rupees, borrowing requirements in dollars, borrowing requirements in trade finance products, any challenges you're facing, everything they will look at. They, they are your relationship managers from the bank. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, so whenever you need any services from the bank, you will ideally speak to them first. Okay. And that is when, let us name that person uh, Prakash in our discussion. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, so you will speak to Prakash and say, uh, Prakash, I need to purchase $50,000 worth of laptops. I need about uh, 20 lakh rupees of loan. And uh, could you help me with these? So Prakash will internally speak to me 
and uh, say that uh, Zista Education needs $50,000 worth of laptops, they need to purchase dollars. Uh, so can you please speak to them, explain them what is the right time to purchase those dollars? Because it's a big sum and your timing would make a difference, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So here I have brought in Prakash as an internal stakeholder. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the relationship manager with this education. So this is one stakeholder who I will interact regularly with. Right. Okay. Then, uh, and the second person I will interact is with you, uh, representing this education, talking to you about markets. Right. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, uh, the actual execution, uh, I will uh, come back to you. Then you will tell me, okay, fine, let's purchase the dollars on 16th of June. On 16th of June, I'll speak to my um, uh, interbank trading team. I'll take a quote from them and I will relay that quote to you. Right. Okay. So uh, let us say our, uh, you know, uh, the quote which comes to me is the uh, 86 rupees on a dollar. I will quote that to you and I will freeze uh, the transaction. Correct. Now, uh, in, in all of this arrangement, as a treasury salesperson, it is really important for me to understand your business. Okay. Uh, so the knowledge of uh, businesses is very critical. Uh, a successful treasury salesperson is the one who understands markets, how those markets affect a business, understand businesses, what are the relationship between the global market and that business. Okay. Uh, third is the understand the the requirements of the business in terms of growth. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, you may not uh, you may not really give an opinion whether such education should expand in Europe or something, but uh, the role will be very very critical when you say okay, this tells him that uh, we are expanding in Europe. What should we do to borrow? Okay. That's when I will again step in and say, okay, you should, should you look at borrowing in India, sending money from India, or should you look at borrowing in Europe, um, or borrowing from there and using the funds over there and spending money? Sure, sure. Um, now, here comes uh, again another nuance of understanding your business. I should be able to, when you're seeking a borrowing suggestions uh, in India or in Europe, I should, it is very, very important for me to understand how do you earn money? Sure. How does your how does your firm uh, earn their money in India? What is the component? What is the portion of earning money in India? Is is Europe a pure uh, cost center? Um, if it is a pure cost center, then it is it makes sense to really uh, borrow money from India and send it over there. Sure. If 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 Europe is a profit center, right. uh, then obviously you are earning money in, in Europe, and uh, then it, then another one comes in there. You know what is your great rating in Europe? What is the cost of your borrowing in, in euros, whereas cost of borrowing in India? Sure. Uh, please, uh, please do highlight in case you feel it's going a little more technical. I'll try and uh, simplify it as. No, no, it's fine. And I think you know uh, what I really like is that you're using examples. And I think when you use examples like uh, like this real world case or this real world example you're using, it becomes easy to understand the concept. So I I do not want to interrupt your flow. Rather, I'd, I'd encourage you to carry. Carry on. Yeah, go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, uh, if you look at this whole transaction, uh, uh, there are uh, five stakeholders now playing in. Uh, uh, one stakeholder is Prakash, who's a corporate banker to this education. 
right. stakeholder is uh, Amit Ahuja, who's representing this education uh, uh, to talk to a bank. Right. Uh, third stakeholder is Himanshu Singhal, who's representing the forex sales stakeholder. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, fourth is a person, let's say, uh, uh, Jitesh, uh, uh, who's part of the forex trading team. Who's right. helping him on to seek a quote for uh, Amit Ahuja. And uh, then the fifth stakeholder, which is uh, primarily uh, not, not visible so much on uh, the scene, is uh, is a person of the balance sheet management group. Because uh, uh, because when uh, Jitesh from the trading team purchases those dollars from me, those dollars are actually moved by way of a, a digital transaction from the bank's trading account mm-hmm. to the bank's sales account. Makes sense. So there's a, a larger kitty which is there in the trading account and a small portions of that would move into the sales account in different, uh, depending upon the transactions that are happening, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, and uh, then the money moves from bank's sales account okay. to another bank's sales account. In this case, the example was Dell and right. Dell is having a bank with Bank of America. So right. Bank of, bank of America's sales account will receive these dollars on behalf of Dell. Right. And Bank of America will inform Dell. Okay. Right. Uh, there are a few more uh, uh, words or concepts like Nostro and Gostro. They are a little more technical for this podcast. Uh, I would like to uh, refrain from this. I have I've tried to keep things very very simple uh, by sure. getting this perspective yeah sure um so uh, now i have uh, so far i've shared the activity okay right uh, what is what is the activity required at uh, the balance sheet management team the forex sales team and the forex trading team now uh, what are the things one can uh, plan for in terms of taking up a career in forex uh, exactly. management Okay. Right. Uh, uh, interestingly, uh, we are at a time talking at a time where uh, conventional uh, jobs, okay, uh, are uh, are being uh, are being reviewed for a, from a, from a, whether a robot can do those uh, functions, right? Absolutely. Um, so back in two thousand and eight and nine, we started a project uh, of digital. Uh, uh, forex platform mm-hmm. uh, where uh, I was part of the testing team and uh, it was a great experience. Um, so rather than somebody quoting uh, to you, Amit, on a call for $50,000, you will go to a platform where you will look at the quotes and accept. So uh, basically, we, we are eliminating many things. We're eliminating mistakes, errors and omissions. We are mistaking, uh, eliminating uh, the human uh, intervention by there, there is a delay of time. You ask me a quote, then I say, I go and seek a quote. There is a time difference over there. So no. right now, you can digital platform is another aspect. Now, um, uh, robots are also being uh, 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 are being here in terms of executing trades. So robots are playing a big role in forex trading uh, so far. And uh, yeah, because the forex sales part of it is a is the very human centric uh, uh, aspect. Now, uh, you would like to talk to the forex salesperson, understand their views, what they 
uh, feel where the market is, uh, what are my biases. Uh, no, then you will talk to another uh, salesperson. You will try, try to have the same questions raised to them to try to understand okay. their biases. You know, then probably form your own view as a as a corporation and then take a pause. Right. Um, so, a big part of uh, forex sales role uh, at the moment, I feel, is uh, understanding economics, understanding businesses, and understanding people. Um, because uh, ultimately, as a forex salesperson, I'll be dealing with people. Uh, people uh, that is Prakash, who's a corporate banker. Um, then uh, Jitesh, who's from the in, uh, in for, uh, forex trading team. And most importantly, uh, Amit Ahuja from Sister Education, who's going to actually give me the deal. Sure. Uh, Amit Ahuja may have four or uh, more than one bankers, and he may choose. Oh, Mancho is not as uh, exciting to talk to. You know, uh, Maybe I should walk into some of the banks. So uh, more often than not, uh, deals are uh, closed uh, with the person we are comfortable with. Uh, and uh, that is so true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and one one more thing I realized uh, uh, four or five in, uh, years into my career that pricing doesn't doesn't. Uh... While it's important, it's not the most important aspect as you, one would imagine. Like you know, you you'd say that. Uh, in an ideal world, customers will keep all elements aside and say, where am I getting the best deal and just go for that. But in actual, in actuality, what happens is that uh, that personal element, that comfort is so important, you know, that yeah. human connect is is what helps yeah. a, a deal to actually come through, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that is a very, very important part. Uh, and somebody who joins the sales team will keep hearing this uh, from the sales side regularly. Um, no, go and sit with the customer. Be visible to the customer. You know, you know how these things go in sales. Until you are visible and uh, in the in their mind share, you won't get a deal. Yeah. So yeah. There was one more thing that you mentioned, Imanshu, which I kind of caught on to, uh, which was about how, as someone in forex sales, you need to look at how global markets are impacting a specific industry, and you need to have knowledge of different industries. So uh, would it would it work like that you have some people who are specialists in specific sectors, like say someone's focusing on cement and infra and power, whereas there could be another forex salesperson looking at more new age economy kind of industries. Is is that the way how uh, banks can structure their sales force? Um, in terms of uh, the corporate banking teams, the team which interact with corporates, Mm-hmm. Um, they are structured on the on a scale of a of a of a corporation. So there'll be team which is a catering to small and medium large enterprise, then SME, small and medium enterprise. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. So, uh, for example, Kotak uh, had a structure where they were uh, categorized into conglomerates, teams uh, catering to only uh, Tata's, Birla's, Reliance, uh, these companies. Second category was large corporates. Large corporates, uh, you will have companies like um, um, uh, Apar Industries, uh, companies like KPIT Commons, Zensar. Sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, then the small and medium enterprises would uh, be in every company around 100 crores uh, and below uh, top line. Then there'll be two more categories. One category will be for MNC. 
uh, corporations which are specific, which are multinational, and uh, which which needs a different skill set, right? And and the finally, in the last uh, seven eight years, you saw another uh, category coming up with the new age companies or startups. So, right. and uh, I'm pretty sure the way things are going, um, uh, this category of business will, will merge into one of the uh, the top three ones because they will become as good as any other company. Really, startups are strong. Sure. Uh, still, a new business like the flip cards uh, uh, of the world uh, in India, uh, which are categorized into this segment. Mm. Yeah. Um, to talk about the specific, uh, no specialized knowledge or industry aspect of it. Um, so it does help. It does help. Uh, for example. When I was uh, the part of the team as a salesperson, not as a team manager, um, uh, by default I had a lot of IT companies. Okay. Um, yeah, because uh, I had done some research uh, initially in, in the initial part of my career, how the IT companies work and you know how they get contracts and things like that. Then I I, I had the petroleum companies also. Where, again, I had done some research, and natural affinity, you know, when you see a petroleum company in the, in the with this portfolio, your sales said if he if he remembers and if he was there at that time, he was oh, only one two analysts. Okay, now but at the same time, at the same time, it was very very important for the sales said and they did take care of that. It's a broad basing of industries for all of us to learn. So as an individual contributor, I would have companies from conglomerates, I would have large corporates, I would have companies from MNCs and small and medium enterprises, because the nuances of interacting with each of these companies are very different. That's so interesting. And uh, you, you, you're relating to me how, say, for example, Kotak Bank, uh, you know, organize themselves. But uh, in your experience, do you see, say, other private banks or perhaps even public sector banks that may be operating in this space? Do they have a similar approach or it's each bank has their own, uh, you know, way of organizing them, this? Um, ICFT has a similar approach. Okay. Um, yes, bank also has a similar approach. Okay. Um, uh, Access Bank, yes. HDFC, yes. Um, uh, within the broader categories of category uh, uh, of having corporations in uh, segments, right, faces their turnovers, right. Um, there would be one of the people in each of these teams who are stronger in one of the industries. Okay. Um, uh, I haven't seen uh, any categorizations coming up based on the industry knowledge. Uh, something which happens in investment banking. Okay. Investment banking, you will have a banking telecom expert, and they will be dealing usually of those companies, right? right. Uh, or FMCG or uh, uh, finance and uh, banking. So okay. this kind of uh, a, a segmentation cutting across industry specific, I haven't seen. Uh, okay. In, uh, and also uh, why? Because uh, the structures are quite flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so in a in a good uh, sales team, uh, today you will have about uh, not talking about ICICI of the world because they are notion. Um, we were about um, about forty people, okay, and across India, and uh, with three regional heads, and, uh, uh, about seven to you know, about ten on an average, we, we each of us, then the plus the uh, sales head and the uh, other uh, key heads. 
Okay. So about 35 to 40 people. So it's a quite a flat structure. Managing uh, the the, uh, the 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 turnover coming up across all these corporations. So slicing them in industry specific knowledge may not be as uh, it may not be feasible. Right. Yeah. Relevant. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had one more question for you, Imanshu. You know, uh, you've had such a nice, rich career in this space, and uh, you know, at some point of time, uh, did you feel like I've I've done this for too long. I want to do something different. Or, you know, what really motivated you to keep going, to keep staying within this domain? So you developed a lot of expertise, but what helped you stay on track, on the course? Uh, so uh, what I'm really happy about is that uh, I have touched every aspect of Tracy. Right. Um, I started my career with operations. Uh, then during that time, I got an opportunity to work on systems and implementation, which is a great experience. I, today also, okay. I cherish that experience. Then for that system experience, I got a chance to work on processes and accounting. Okay. And then moved on to sales uh, way back in 2005. So the first two years of my career were formative years where I learned a lot of crazy uh, stuff in and around sales. Okay. And... Uh, what kept me going, really, uh, because the adrenaline rush of doing a big transaction, um, uh, uh, the rush of uh, cracking a client, um, the rush of doing, uh, uh, giving an innovative solution, right? And uh, what is interesting is that uh, every client, every transaction, and every product is is unique in itself. Uh, and talking to people, so that kept me going really. And uh, way back in 2018, uh, I started raising this question, you know, what next? Because uh, the learning curve was obviously getting flat. Uh, yeah, so uh, I thought, I started planning for my uh, exit uh, from that role way back in 2018. And uh, so I'm a, I'm a great migration baby, if you call it. A great resignation, uh, uh, you know, that era. So I, I took a sabbatical in April 21 and uh, picked up all the leaves of the past. Uh, I read all the leaves uh, one by one, uh, went over what are my strengths and weaknesses. And uh, and then uh, went on to this. I, so incidentally, uh, uh, I, I have a lot of uh, love for real estate uh, and I've been doing a lot of transactions um since 2003 so my five day job used to be at Kotak and the two day job used to be you know, the real estate projects in, in bombay so and that is my passion yeah uh, so i thought why not work something where i'm really uh, liking and passionate about so that is where i'm setting currently that's so nice you know and and i'm happy you you know, followed your uh, calling and, you know, you've set up an entrepreneurial venture. Um, I wanted to kind of ask you one last question, if that's okay. You know, um, if the students are, you know, the, let's imagine you're a student out there looking to build a career in this space. What kind of word of wisdom, what words of wisdom would you give them saying that, okay, this is what you can do to actually succeed and forge ahead? Um. See, uh, uh, forex roles mm -hmm. or investment banking roles uh, are quite glamorous roles. Okay, and uh, because of that, 
lot of people think, you know, let me uh, get in these roles and pick up these uh, vocations. But uh, for example, I have no qualms in saying innocent banking is very tough for me. Okay. Right. So knowing this and saying this uh, is very, very important. Right. Uh, at the same time, so when I was, uh, I don't even remember how I got to Forex, uh, being the Forex area, because I, I do remember that even before my uh, management, I was reading about Forex. During my management, I took up a course with uh, ACTM UK. And uh, because in those days, Forex as a subject was not taught as in deep as it is required. Right. Uh, uh, right. So I took up this additional course. Then I was so clear from the whole placement season, I remember that I want to do treasury only. And uh, uh, I got a role uh, at uh, Kota Kamandira Bank. They asked me, what role do you want? I said, I want to be in back office. And uh, everybody was a little surprised. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And why one back office you will go? Because uh, I felt that the back office will be able to teach me a lot about Forex uh, and the perspective. That's what happened. You know, uh, I cherish more my, my period at the back office uh, I spent and the which helped me learn systems processes and accounting. So, uh, so the, what I'll really talk about, the reason I gave this, all this information is about first of all, the passion. Okay. Okay. That is very, very important. Right. And, uh, and a lot of people have asked me, how do you define passion? Right. Uh, if something is not letting you sleep, did you? It's passion. Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you could be by yourself in a room completely. Right. Um, um, uh, for, for, for my real estate, basically, if I get to know there is a project coming up, uh, 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers away from my home. And if I Google it up, I say, oh, this looks interesting. I will drive there. Okay. And if, uh, if, if, uh, if it is the possibility that I will drive there next half an hour. Okay. <laughs> you know, like yesterday we went, uh, I, I'm in Florida right now and purchase a single family home over here. Yesterday we, we saw some 20 houses. Okay. And the passion uh, took me, okay, what is there below the carpet? How this room, is this a drywall? Is this a metal wall? Is this a wooden wall? Right? These are the nuances, right? Uh, similarly, right. Uh, to compare it with the I'm just trying to explain passion with the two uh, areas which I'm passionate about. Uh, similarly, to compare it with the Forex role, uh, oh, uh, this company is in this uh, IT industry. What are the roles they are handling right now within IT? Uh, okay, interesting. So they are handling this role and they could they, are, they may be expanding to Europe very soon. Let me start talking about European region with the CFO. So you're, you're um, thinking ahead, right? Yeah, anticipating their need before they actually express it. Yes. Okay. See, until, see, uh, uh, for example, uh, again, I, I like to give better first. So, uh, MZ, you know, I, okay, I realized that you had your breakfast at probably 8 o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning. And then you're meeting me at uh, 12.31 uh, for, let's say, an hour-long meeting. Right. Um, and if I had known that you had, let's say, eggs in the breakfast. Okay. <laughs> 
then if I offer eggs to you for lunch, and and you'll be polite, you'll say no, no, uh, I'll prefer something else. But if I offer some, you know, if I offer, let's say, Mediterranean to you, and if you have, if you like the Chinese palate, you will be so ecstatic. You know, you, I will tell you, you know, uh, Amit, I think you had eggs in the morning uh, because I saw the menu, and that's what you like. So why don't you try something else? You'll be at a different level, right? We're talking great, right? right. So anticipating what people want and then providing it on the platter and engaging with them. You, I may not have the right solution for them uh, for in anticipation of what they are getting into, but I'll start sure. engaging with them. Sure. So and again, this comes from passion. And again, it leads to customer delight. So, you know, being able to deliver exceptional service anticipate needs and being a true partner uh, in the set in that sense you know uh, not just being someone who's executing a transaction but being a partner I, I think that's where you're heading towards right so uh, uh, you know I don't like this is like chicken and egg uh, what is more uh, what came first passion came first or customer delight came first? <laughs> I think passion came first right and passion led to customer delight exactly exactly uh, there are some people who say, you know, customer delight came first, and for that, that that boy or that girl really went down the island. That okay, boss, I need to really work, and uh, <laughs> they gather the knowledge. But they'll be far and few on that category. So I really feel passion is the primary one, and that leads to customer delight. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Um, you know, this has really been a, a, a really nice discussion. I'm sure we could have got down into a lot more technicalities, but in the context of, uh, you know, what we're focusing on in this podcast, talking about the different careers, I think you did a really nice job using some good examples, uh, you know, explaining what are the different roles that, are, that exist within Forex and Treasury and what students can do, you know, in this space. So, Thank you for making time uh, for this episode, Himanshu. I really enjoyed this discussion. Um, thank you, MC. Also, uh, like to add, uh, in the last few years of my career, uh, mm -hmm. we were hiring people who are non-Forex background. Okay. So, it was a great joy to work with them, train them into the Forex roles. Oh, okay. And uh, so, the reason I'm sharing this is, I'm open for, uh, in case somebody wants to talk to me, uh, basically to forge their career ahead in the forex treasury okay. i'm happy to talk to them so okay. feel free to share my uh, coordinates with them okay and uh giving reference of this education they can uh, that's amazing and thank you so much for volunteering that yeah i hope yeah <laughs> I, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zista podcast. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube to get more content like this. And if you'd like to catch this episode on audio, you can most certainly tune in to us uh, on Apple, Spotify or Google. Our handle is the Zista podcast. Thanks, Imanshu. Thank you so much once again for coming on the show. And for all the students out there, I'd say till we meet again, stay curious. Stay curious.